We're starting Be'ez HaShem, the wonderful and very important crucial halachas of Hanukkah. There is so much to discuss. There is so much to go through from, we're going to discuss a little bit today of an introduction, a little bit of history. We're going to move on to Be'ez HaShem, the mitzvah, the Ikka mitzvah that we celebrate and understand why that is the Ikka mitzvah of Hanukkah, Be'ez HaShem. With the many halachas that pertain to the halacha of lighting, whether it's the oil that you light, the wicks that you buy, the time that you light, what to do the zman before lighting, after lighting, and various other halachas that will come in, the foods that we eat on Hanukkah also have a big integral part of the Yontav Be'ezah Hashem. But we'll start with a little bit of a hagdama. We all know that the miracle of Hanukkah took place, the zman of the second Be'ez HaMikdosh, so there was a Greek, uh, there were Greeks basically ruling over Eretz Yisrael, and they made terrible decrees, the Rambam tells us all this in Perik Gimel, they made terrible decrees on Kalal Yisrael to destroy the religion, they stopped the learning of Torah, the performing of various mitzvahs, the end of the Beis Hamikdash, and as we know, the Beis Hamikdash. Hashmonayim came, the sons of the Kohen Gadol, and they made a, a, a tremendous wall. Well, again, we'll have to explain what that means. They won the war, and they were in power for approximately 200 years until Chorban Bayashani. So it's actually very, very interesting, although we're not going to go too much into the history. People think, okay, they won the war. Beautiful. The, you know, Baruch Hashem, the Hashanah, they ran over the Greeks. Amazing. In fact, it didn't last. First of all, the war went on for a long time, and second of all, it didn't last for that long. After 200 years, they had the Chorban Bayashani. And that's still where we're holding Adhayemezeh, waiting, desperately waiting for the Bayesh Lishi Bimheir Velmenu Amen. So, on the 25th, on the 25th of Kislev, we won this war, Pashtus, although it's not so Pashtus. I will tell you there's a Machaikas Rishonim, exactly what happened. The Rambam says, and it's much from the Rambam, this is at least how the Prechodesh learns in the Rambam and others as well, is that they won the war on the 25th of Kislev. Which is why it's Chofhei, Chanukah, Chanu Chofhei. They won the war on the 25th of Kislev, but they lit the menorah on the 26th. The other is shown in the Maishirakech and others, who learn even Pshat the Rambam this way, that they actually started the winning of the war on the 24th, and they lit the menorah on the 25th. So it's not exactly, it's a Machaikas Rishonim, exactly what went on, but the Pashtus is, they won the war, they lit the menorah, Chonu Chofhei, that's why it's called Hanukkah, the Mishra Brewer brings that down. And therefore, we all know the miracle was that they found one pach of Shemen with the coin Godel's signature on it, with the chasim of the coin Godel that was Tohar, the rest was Tomei. They used it, and only eight days later were they able to obtain brand new fresh Tohar oil. And the miracle was that instead of lasting for one, it lasted for eight. Now the obvious question when you learn the sugya over here is, why on earth did it take them eight days to wait till they crushed more olives? I'm saying, well, well they knew how to do these things. Well, unsa- they, they, like like Menorah, the next day, crush some olives. It wasn't nearby. What was it nearby? Uh, okay, so that's one Mahalach in Nachanami. Very good, excellent Shimon. One Mahalach is a taka took eight days for them to walk in order to get to get uh, to get to place where they had to go and get the, the olives, whatever it was. The other reason was also they were Tommy Mason over there as well, and then it took them seven days to become Tahar, and therefore obviously you can't crush olives if you yourself are Tommy, so it took them seven days in order to become Tahar and then crush more olives in that case. Now why? 
And should we say this? I can all do this now. This is the most famous question in Hanukkah. There is no more question that is more famous than this question. That is the Beisaitis question. Why on earth do we celebrate eight days of Hanukkah? Really, it's seven days. The miracle was seven. This was Yudah's question. This was on his mind. What's the answer? <laughs> the answer. I love how you know. You say, what's the answer? There's Sparma there with 265 answers, and we're saying the answer. I'll just give you a taster, right? Over Hanukkah, maybe we'll explain more and more and more answers. But one of the answers, I mean, the basis of himself brings in numerous answers. Some of the answers that the basis of himself who asked the question gives is they split the oil into, because they knew, because they were Tommy, that it would take them another eight days to get more oil. They split it into little parts of eight, and they put it in, which wasn't meant to last very long, and it ended up lasting the whole time. That's number one. Number two, the Beis brings another answer. After filling the menorah with a jug of oil, the pitcher that they poured it, which was supposed to be empty, actually refilled itself. So that was a miracle as well. And, you know, in fact, I think the Me'iri says this, chat, which I think we'll get to, is that the winning of the war was also a miracle. And therefore, we're celebrating an extra day because the winning of the war, that's number one. After that, I have seven days of a miracle. So why do we, you know, why, why we celebrate the first day? That finding of the oil was also a miracle. Beautiful. In a place where everything's Tommy, you're going to find Torah oil. Oh, that's a miracle number one. Then six, seven days is going to be also another miracle. Okay? Beautiful. What's that? Why are we late for that? What do you mean? No, do you have a question why you left the next day then? Just because there was a miracle? Okay, so this is a question which we'll try to get to. And that is... We'll try to get to this. Many, 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 many questions. I'll try to get to this. This time i why do we light... I'll just mention a few of the questions. We're not going to get to all of them today. There were many miracles in the time then and since then. Nowhere do we find a yontif that was made from a miracle. I mean, there was, you know, just to give you one example. Eretz Yisrael, we conquered Eretz Yisrael, we came in, Baruch Hashem, Kali we don't find the Yontav. Good, so they, so they, they, they said they went to the Besamidash, we're not talking about the Churban Besamidash, we're about 200 years before that. There was a war, they won the war, they found the whole beautiful. That's question number one. You know why, out of all the Nisim that have ever been, this is the Nase that we're celebrating a big Yontav of eight days for. Another question, which I'm sure you, yourselves have asked as well, if you go and ask any child, Hanukkah is coming. What do we do on Hanukkah? We light the menorah. It's an amazing thing. Th- that was the Ikin- that was the Ikenes. The Ikenes, they found the oil and they lit it. No, they won the war. The Greeks were doing terrible things to Kali Yisrael. We won. Baruch Hashem for 200 years. We had a little bit of peace and quiet. We, that we don't celebrate in a noticeable fashion. But we celebrate the, the oil. What's the purpose? Okay, so bear with me. I want to get to a very, very important Hagdama to understand Hanukkah before we get to the Halachas to understand exactly what's going on. First of all, the Chesam Sofi and Gitna in Ches asked the question, why did Rabbeinu HaKadosh leave Hanukkah out of the Mishnais? There's no Mesech to call Mesech Hanukkah. If there was, we'd all be learning it right now, right? It's like before Purim, everyone opens up a Megillah. Right? There's no Mesech Hanukkah. True, Hanukkah's mentioned, Baba Kama, it's mentioned in many, many places in the Mishnais. But there's no Mesech called Mesech Hanukkah. So I'll give you a couple of answers. The Chidah says that when Rabbeinu wrote the Mishnayis, there was something called Megillah's Tainus. Megillah's Tainus was a, 
uh, was a Megillah basically, of days that you are Asa, you're not allowed to fast because of the Simcha. Therefore, since Hanukkah was included already then, everyone knew Hanukkah was a day of Simcha, the day you're not allowed to fast. Didn't, Rabbeinu HaKadosh did not have to write a Mishnah over there. There is another uh, explanation to this, the Chutam Meshulash brings this down, is that Rabbi Yudha Nasi, who as we know wrote the Mishnayis, was from Zerah from Dovin HaMelech. Right? The base Chashmonoyim, the people from the Chashmonoyim who took uh, who basically took the Malucha from Zerah David, so he didn't want to mention it, I was covered to his Avoisov, which is a very interesting pshat. He didn't want to mention the Mishnayis because of that. It's a nice pshat, no? It's not my pshat. This is the Chutam Meshulash brings it down. Um, there's other reasons as well. It's, it's only Shutar Shabal Peh. Okay, Al-Kabon, let's, move on to other, let's move on to other things. What is the difference between Hanukkah and Purim? And we have to understand this, because we have Yomim Toivim throughout the year, which are the Raises, which are from the Torah. And then we have Yomim Toivim, which are the Rabbanon. The two most famous ones, as we know, are Hanukkah and Purim. What is the difference, Lamaisa? Yeah. Okay, okay, I hear. There's many answers to this, and we're going to get to some of them today, and some of them Mr. Hashem will do maybe on Sunday, Erev, Erev Yontav. So Mr. Brewer already brings this down, the Chavetz Chaim says this, and he says the difference over here was that Purim, what was the Gzeira on? The Guf. The Gzeira on Purim was, was on the Guf. They wanted to physically kill Kali Yisrael. Kill Kali Yidin. that's what they wanted to do. So we were saved, how do we express our thanks to Hashem? What is one of the mitzvahs hayoim on Purim? Eating, drinking, having gesuda. That's the Mishlach Monoiz. This is the Ikah of the Yom. Because if we got saved in a physical way, we then express our Koros in a physical way. There's no Gzeo and Aguf. They never wanted to literally, physically kill Kral Yisrael. It was the Nefesh. It was the Neshama. They wanted to get rid of our Neshama. They wanted to get rid of Torah Shibal Peh, which is by Mishnayis, 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 They wanted to get rid of all the Ruchnias within us, but our good, there's no problem with you living. Therefore, how do we express our Korosh HaToyv and Hanukkah? Not through eating, not through drinking, through Halal, through Simcha. It's a different type of way of expressing our Korosh HaToyv. But I want to say another pshat as well. The Avoidah of Hanukkah, which we'll discuss many times, and I'm sure you'll hear this over the course of the next two weeks, is Mesiris Nefesh. Mesiris Nefesh. They were Moise Nefesh. To do something, that's all about our Mesiris Nefesh of life. By Purim, let's just go back for a moment. By Purim, Homon made Xerah. What does Mordechai do? The minute Homon makes Xerah on Klal Yisrael, what does, Homon, what does Mordechai do? He makes a fast. A tainus. Everyone should say Tehillim. Everyone should fast. There should be Tehillim groups and Tefillers. A whole business. By Hanukkah, what happens? Antiochus makes Xerah. And what do Hashemunayim do? Make an army and go and fight. Let me ask you a question. How do you know when to fight? And how do you know when to pick up a Tehillim and start davening? Because by Purim we see they did one way, and by Hanukkah they did a whole different way. How do you know when to do one, and how do you when to know to do the other one? Again? Right. Good, good, good. Very good. So what, how do you know which one to do? That's the question. So the Mahalach is like this. If the Gezeir is on the Nefesh, if the Gezeir is on the Nefoshes of Klal Yisrael, then at the end of the day, you, 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 know, you, just, you want to just daven. Okay, we'll pick up the Tehillim and we'll daven. You can't do that. Because you need to fight. 
The Rabboni Shalolem doesn't give you an Nisoyen and say, you know what, go to bed, go to sleep, and when you wake up, hopefully it will be gone. No. The only way to do it is get into the base Medrash and go and fight. They say from Rabbi Chonon, Pshat, Rabbi Chonon said over from the Chovetz Chaim, the Chovetz Chaim said, at the end of the Chovetz Chaim's life, the Chovetz Chaim said, when the Russians made Xer on the Yeshiva Bachrim, not to be able to learn, what a shame, what a chaval, we didn't get an army of Yeshiva guys. Can you imagine? An army of Yeshiva guys, take all the guys for the May Yeshiva, right, these strong guys, these guys work out, big time. These guys work out, right, you get an army of these guys, and fight the, you can fight the Russians. Do you know what it means to fight the Russians? I want to give an example, by the way. The Ivanim, the Greeks, when they fought, I want to explain to you what it means for them to, you know, to, to, to overcome the Ivanim was not simple. I'll give you one of their strategies of war. One of their strategies of war was, was that they used to, used to go in groups of squares. They used to go in a square, and they would have spears, and then they would advance the army, they would advance the other side, the, the enemy, and then it, the entire square would start shooting out their spears. What was the strategy? The strategy was when you, you don't know where it's coming from. When you have a square that's, you know, the spears coming from every direction, you don't know what to do. And that's how theoretically it was such a nace. Because the way that they were able to fight was a way that was almost impossible to get them. But still we managed. And the Chavetz Chaim said, Chaval, we didn't get a group of, of Yeshiva Bochrim who know how to fight and attack the Russians. Just imagine it nowadays, the Russian army. I mean, you know, Donald Trump can't even manage. And here we are, so the Chavetz Chaim is telling us that we should get some Yeshiva Bochrim to do this. You know, you know what that is? You know what the Chavetz Chaim said? Maybe we would have lost! But at least we tried. Because that's what mysterious Nefesh is. Came along over here, show, and he said, you know, maybe we'll be killed. But we have to try! When it comes to Xeron the Nefesh, when it comes to Xeron our Yiddishkeit, you can't just open up a tin and say, yeah, I'll be fine. You have to go and fight. Get in the base Medrash. Do something about it. That's why by Hanukkah they had to fight. But I want to take it a step further. Why did the Rabboni Shalolam allow the Yavonim to get us? Why? And the Maisa they did. They entered the base of Mikdash. They made it Tommy. Why? Why did the Rabbanishim do that? What was the Pshat in it? So imagine, Rahman al-Islam, Lalainu, a person has a disease in his leg, and he goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, just hold on a minute please, takes a hammer, smashes the leg, says, what are you doing? Are you crazy? He says, no, just give me a minute, just bear with me, bear with me, it's okay, and he puts it back together again, and it's all better. He says, you have to understand, sometimes I have to break the leg in order to heal the leg. Right? That's, that's one of the Mahalchem over here. Sometimes Klali Sol is in a situation where we are spiritually sick in a way that if we continue, it just gets worse. So the Rabbi Shalom has to break that sickness. He has to break our leg in order to heal us. So the Rabbi Shalom has to permit the Goyim to, heal, to go and get us, to overpower us, in order to fix us up. The Shari Tshuva, Rabbi Yonah writes that if a person goes to a Tzorah, and has a Yeshua, he has to thank the Rabbi Shalom for the Tzorah also. Because if you don't understand why the Tzorah was necessary, then there's no purpose of the Rabbi Shalom giving you the Yeshua. Says Rabbi Yonah, you have to thank the Rabbi Shalom for breaking your leg, because that's also going to heal your leg. 
That's what it is. It's like the doctor saying, I'd rather you don't break my leg, but then I can't fix it. You have to appreciate the sorrow. When you appreciate the sorrow, you can appreciate the Yeshua also. Says the Sfas Emes. On Hanukkah, we do Halal the Simcha. Halal is for the Yeshua. And, sorry, Halal Vahidah. Halal is for the Yeshua. And Haidah is to appreciate the sorrow that we got to begin with. And that's what it is. And that's what the idea of Hanukkah is. And that's what the idea of the nace and everything else is. And that's why it's so harsher for a person to realize what this wonderful miracle is over here. Um, I want to mention one last thing we're both saying before we move on. And that is and one of the questions that we asked before we get to the practical halachic side of Hanukkah. We asked a question and we said at the end of the day, you know, what's the Ikkah miracle that we celebrate? Is what? It's the lighting of the menorah. But it's so interesting. The real... <coughs> what do we say on Hanukkah? What's one of the main fillers we add on Hanukkah? Allah Nisim. How much of Allah Nisim is dedicated to the lighting of the menorah? Zero. Zero. Unbelievable. Here we're adding something in Allah Nisim, which is the Tzvila on Hanukkah, and yet it doesn't say anything about the Ikkah that we do on Hanukkah. Okay. Rukhan Shmelevitz says, and I want to leave you today with this Yisoy because it's a very, very powerful and unbelievable Yisoy. He says, Avada the Ikin Nase was the war. And that's what we say, Ba'ala Nase. We talk about the Nase being that we fought the war. Rabbin Ba'ad Ma'atim. There was so much going on. And yet we mention only the war and not the Menorah, which is the Ikin Mitzvah that we do on Hanukkah. So it says Rukhan Shmelevitz, when you see a lady giving a baby a bath, how do you know that this lady is the mother of the baby or it's the maid, the cleaner, the helper? How do you know? If after the bath, the, mother, the, the lady picks up the baby and gives it a kiss, you know that's the mother. Because only a mother does that. Something extra. We know the Rabbi had to save us. There was no question. The Rabbi was going to save us because at the end of the day, the Rabbi promised that we're going to be the continuation. The Rabbi all throughout the years had given us Goyim who tried to kill us, tried to get us. We knew the Rabbi Nishalayim was going to save us. Said Sometimes the Rabbi saves us because he has to. And sometimes the Rabbi saves us because he wants to. How do you know which one is which when you get a kiss afterwards? After the war. The war was a terrible war. But it ended. Baruch Hashem. We managed. We conquered them. We got over the Greeks. That's tremendous. But how do we know that the Rabbi Nisham wanted to save us? Or he had to save us? And the answer is. When we got that extra kiss. When we got that lighting of the menorah. When we got the oil that we didn't really have to find. The Pnei Yeshua famously. Tum, uh, um, it was Hutra Betzibo. Betzim. You don't even need tar oil. You can use Tomei oil. But the Rabbi Shalom gave us that. Why? Because we realize that we get something extra. A child doesn't say thank you for the bath. He says thank you for the kiss. Because the bath you had to give me anyway. Obviously every parent's going to give a child a bath. But the extra kiss, that's what you thank the Rabbi Shalom. And that is exactly what's going on over here as well. The Rabbi Shalom gave us more. I'll give you an example. I have a cousin who lives on Saratskin. He's a boki bishas. Mamish, unbelievable boki bishas. Israeli it. A number of years ago, he lives on Sorotka. A number of years ago, his daughter became very, very ill. Unfortunately, she didn't make it and she passed away from the illness. But I remember Bishas Maisa, when his daughter was ill, so he had to go constantly to the hospital in Bnei Brak. 
And it was very hard for him. You know, he didn't have a car and to get there and back. You know, buses, there's a schlep and everything. So I remember him saying over once that one time he needed very much to get to Bnei Brak that afternoon. And he was walking in Surotskin. And some, a car stopped and said, you need to go somewhere? So well, I, I kind of have to go to Bnei Brak. Oh, <laughs> mom is driving right there. Get in the car. He's like, wow, what are, what are the chances? He was in the hospital that evening and he needed to get back with his daughter. Again, to step on a bus wasn't easy. He never a car. It wasn't so simple. There weren't as many chesed organizations as they are now that were running around doing these things. It was difficult. He said, there was someone in the hospital that after that evening who said, by the way, I'm going to Shalim. Anybody need a ride? He's like, oh, that's unbelievable. I'm going to Shalim, please. He said, Xavier was Xavier. The Rebbeinu did what the Rebbeinu did and had no tightness. But I felt there was an extra kiss. I felt the Rebbeinu was holding my hand. That's what's going on. When Yosef HaTzadik went down to Mitzrayim in this week's parasha, we know Chazal tells us, the Torah tells us, Chazal Rashi brings it, that what were these Arabs carrying instead of petrol, instead of horrible smelling things, they were carrying nice besomim. Oh, this is what Yosef needs. He's going down to Mitzrayim. This is the beginning of God for Kal Yisrael. And we care about the smell that he has? The answer is Xerah is Xerah. But sometimes the Rabbanisham performs Xerah with an extra hug, with an extra kiss. I recently heard from a cousin of mine, who she lost her husband at a very, very young age. And she gave an inspirational speech to other ladies who were in similar situations. And she said that, yes, my husband was very, very ill for a very long time, and it was very difficult on the kids, difficult on our marriage, difficult on everything. But she said she felt, and that's what she said, she's a normal, regular girl who was married maybe 10, 12 years, whatever it was. I felt the Rabboni Shalom holding my hand the whole way through. And that's what the Nase of Hanukkah is. Ena Hanami, Alanissa mentions the Muhammad mentions the war, because that's the Ikhanes. But the Agav Nase, which is soon to say the word Agav, but the Nase, which was you no know, unnecessary, so to speak, was the Menorah. And it's exactly that we represent Hanukkah. That's why we like the Menorah. We don't do anything to represent the Muhammad, which was the Ikha war. Because the Rabboni Shalom is going to save us. But the way the Rabbani Shalom saved us, he gave us the extra hug, he gave us that kiss, Rabbi said, let's put that into our lives, that's what Hanukkah is. It's dark outside, it's the middle of the winter, it's freezing cold, it's hard to get out of bed. But that extra hug and kiss that the Rabbani Shalom gives us is something that warms up our heart. And when we light those neighbors and we light those candles, that's what we should have in mind. The warmth, the love, the kiss that the Rabbi Shalom gives us in all of our lives. Be'ez Hashem, tomorrow we'll start some halachas of lighting. Have a wonderful day.